Hi, my name is Molly Schulte Tucker, and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to the season of Epiphany, the time between the 12 days of Christmas and the beginning of Lent, which takes us to Easter Sunday. In this time period in January and February, we learn about the ministry of Jesus and the light that he brings into the world. At Ridgewood, we are in a worship series called The Stories of Jesus, named in part from the song called Tell Me the Stories of Jesus, a hymn that you may have grown up on or may be new to you. I shared my favorite story of Jesus on Sunday, January 14th, but then I need your help. Between when you are hearing this and February 11th of 2024, tell me your favorite story of Jesus. Tell me why is it your favorite? What challenges you? Where do you see yourself? How does it give you hope? How does it give you pause? I'd love to hear from you either on our Facebook page through Facebook Messenger, which is facebook.com slash Ridgewood Baptist Church, or by email. My email is molly, M-O-L-L-Y, at ridgewoodlouisville.org, or on a Sunday morning before or after worship. What story of Jesus have you written on your heart? I wonder if there is a book or a movie or a TV show that you have read or watched over and over and over again. Maybe you're one of those people who doesn't watch the same thing twice, but I guarantee you in December, you've probably seen some of those Christmas movies over and over. No one gets out of this. Maybe it's your feel-good movie. Maybe it's your nostalgic movie. Maybe it's your sick movie. Maybe it's your can't-sleep movie. I'm wondering, I need some crowd participation, what is your go-to? Ocean's Eleven, I heard Walking Dead. Harry Potter, specifically Order of the Phoenix, Notting Hill, the book, the notebook, if you need a good cry. Marley and Me is my cry movie. It's terrible. What was that? Yes. Someone, hold on. Sound of music. Oh, classic. Tremors. First blood. The Wizard of Oz. Thank you for bringing us back. Maleficent. Anyone watch The Office? Are any of y'all normal? No. Friends. Schitt's Creek. Big Bang Theory. There we go. Okay, I'm like, I recognize some of these titles now. <laughs> MASH. 
Parks and Rec. I feel like Amy Poehler is my comfort personality. In 2020, I watched the Broadway production of Hamilton probably 8,000 times. I don't know if you remember that. They released it right around July 4th in 2020, partly as a way for Disney to keep spirits up because you might remember summer of 2020 was one of the hardest times of our current existence. And even over the next few years, I found myself coming back to it. I don't know if it was because I remembered the comfort that it brought me or if there was something about Leslie Odom Jr. or Lin-Manuel Miranda or Philippa Sue or Renee Goldsberry that created just this sense of calm in me, right? I knew what was going to happen. I knew I was going to cry. I knew I was going to laugh. And eventually I knew some of the songs to sing or rap along with people. I won't do that here, so you've escaped that today. You know, the funny thing is, with the movies that you've named, or the shows or the books, you know how it ends, right? I mean, you know how it starts, you know how it ends. Not because you predicted it, because you know how it's going to end, the same way that it always ends, but we still go back to it when we need to take our mind off of things, or when we need a little bit of comfort, or maybe we just need some unplugging, some relaxation, some detachment, maybe some calm in the midst of a storm. We click play, we crack open the book, and we're off. I wonder how our lives and how our faith would change if we treated the stories of Jesus just like those feel-good movies, those feel-good books. But the thing is, we also know the stories of Jesus, how they're going to end. The difference probably has to do a little bit with how the Holy Spirit is working within us as we're reading those stories again and again. Here's the thing. It's a deep core belief for me as your pastor. We are all connected through stories. We are all part of our individual story, interwoven with other people around us, woven then in a larger community, in the world community. We are all connected through stories. So it's important for us to meet here, to gather here, to connect with those stories so we are not all writing our solo novels, but we ask questions of each other about the stories. Just like we ask questions about the books or the movies or the TV shows. The times I've asked my husband when we're watching office reruns, oh yeah, what's about to happen? Are they... Oh, yeah, they're about to get in. Oh, yeah, Dwight's about to set that on fire. Oh, yeah, we know what's about to happen. In the same way, how are we asking each other about our plot lines, our stories? How are you getting through that? What's the next thing you're hoping for? What is worrying you right now? You seem tired. Is everything okay? or offering words of affirmation and encouragement alongside the stories. That sounds so 
to hear that, but know and trust that I am praying for you this week. We connect to each other through our stories. In our canon, our Bible, our 66 books is a gift. It's a gift of stories told through poetry and prose and narrative, and it comes to us as a gift. A church I worked at in North Carolina, each time we, we read scripture in service, instead of saying the word of God for us, the people of God, the response was, this is the gift of holy scripture. And the response would be, thanks be to God. You might see that change eventually, just so you know. The thing is, the way that we read scripture is a gift. It's a gift because we have it with us today. We're reading the same scripture that a generation ago read. And then we could read it in a week, and we might be at a different point than we are now. Or maybe in a month, we're, we're somewhere different mentally or emotionally or maybe in a year, or maybe in a decade from now, each time we believe that the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us and among us and before us is also in the words of the Bible telling stories to us and about us and for us and with us. From the beginning of humankind, we have connected through stories. Do you remember a few years ago, we were talking about scripture, and we talked about how early, early on, scripture wasn't first written. It was told for thousands of years before it was ever written down, passed down as oral tradition from generation to generation. It's how we connect. It's how cultures connected. It's how people connected. It's how they made sense of things. It's how they remembered who they were. It's how they learned. It's what they came to when they needed a sense of comfort, when they needed something familiar, when they needed to lift themselves out of something that was happening in that moment. Today's story of Jesus takes us to the sea, a, a lake of sorts, even though we call it a sea. This particular one was shallow. It wasn't too deep. And it was surrounded partially by some mountains. And the sea was known for short storms because wind would whip through those mountains and draw up quickly large waves. The gusts would create storms and that would make it treacherous for boats to pass from one, sea, from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. And so these men are out in the middle of this sea. And what happens? But between those mountains, a gust of wind comes up. Nothing out of the ordinary. A storm quickly comes up, and these fishermen, they know what's going on. It's not their first storm. There's nothing that makes us believe in Scripture that they've never seen a storm before. They know what a storm is. And you know... Storms are storms, unless you're in the middle of a storm, or imagine you're in the middle of a midsummer Kentucky tornado warning, and there's something in your gut that's telling you, what if this one's different? 
what if this is the time that the tornado happens? We have that faith that things will pass and be okay, but we also have that fear that comes up against it, that maybe that won't happen this time. Our fear comes in direct contact with our faith quite often, whether we're in the middle of a boat or a tornado warning or a middle of a Tuesday. Maybe we've been through a similar storm before, but by gosh, this one feels different. On the boat this time for the disciples, it felt different. The waves felt a little bit higher. The wind felt a little bit stronger. This just might be the storm that overtakes them. This storm is familiar to them, though, so familiar that Jesus is asleep. In the middle of the boat, Jesus is asleep. So they wake him up and they say, don't you care that we're dying? And the way that Mark tells it, immediately, Jesus wakes up and he tells the winds to chill out. And he tells the sea to cool it. That's the MST translation. And here's where I think we could have a couple of different discussions about what happens. Yes, Jesus took over the laws of nature for a moment. We choose to believe that. Tasha Cobb sings about there is power in the name of Jesus, and we've sung here what a powerful name it is. So let's not doubt for a second the power of the name of Jesus. But let me tell you, rereading this story right now, this week, the beauty of the Holy Spirit of reading it at different times, here's what I found. Here's what I found, the comfort that I found in rereading this story again. I don't know how many times I've read it in my life, but this time Jesus says, peace, be still, and the winds and waves stop. And this time, when I'm watching the movie in my head, this time, I am imagined that this scene was not to show off his chain-breaking, powerful name, but to ensure that everything around these disciples was quiet to not distract him from the question he was about to look in their eyeballs and ask them. No distractions. He was about to ask his disciples who had followed him day by day, by week by week, by month by month, by year. Jesus said, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? He is asking in this moment, the way I read it in this rerun, is this time, don't you understand there's a pattern here yet? Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Do you not see the pattern? Do you not believe me? Do you not trust me? Do you think God is punishing you? Do you think I want harm for you? Why are you afraid? Why don't you trust me? Are you scared? How many storms have I seen you through? How many times do I have to remind you that I am on the boat with 
you? Do you not see the pattern of who God is? Here's the truth for us. We will spend the rest of our lives learning to trust in the pattern of who God is through reruns and reruns of reading the same stories, of seeing how the Spirit is enacting love and joy and justice in our lives. But there's importance in being here and being with a community that reminds us when we forget about those patterns that God is for you that the waves and the wind that once obeyed the hands of Jesus still know the name of Jesus. That there is power in the name of Jesus who calms the waves, rebukes the winds. Or as Chris sang earlier, let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and winds still know his name. Your fear and your faith will forever be in a wrestling match in your heart. And some days your fear will be stronger. Other days, I'm sure your faith will take over. But the stories remind us that sure, while Jesus can step into the laws of nature, maybe Jesus quieting other things is to remind you to listen to the patterns of Christ in this world. You've been here before. You've been here again. You'll have another storm. Why are you afraid? So be at peace.